Hey there, and welcome back to the What's Not Seen podcast. Happy New Year. I hope you all had great holidays and celebrations. And now we are moving on to 2024. I pray over all of us that this year God will bring us health and cover us with his love and provide us with his strength and prune us to be who we were made to be in him. So let's jump right in to our very first episode of 2024. The theme of this episode is when you don't feel loved in particular by your husband. So I was reading a, well, I didn't really read it. It kind of just popped in my brain and I was like, wow, like that's so touching and a testimony And I was just inspired to talk about it on here to hopefully help, you know, anyone that is in this situation. You know, oftentimes in marriage, you know, no marriage is perfect. No human being is perfect. People have disagreements and there are moments. um, There can be, I should say, there can be moments in your marriage where you don't feel loved. And, you know, what is the God thing to do in those situations when you're in your feelings and you are not feeling loved. So there was um, a woman in the Bible in particular who went through this situation. And I would like to just do a deep dive into the situation and a little bit about her to uncover some things that we can learn from this story to help us overcome those feelings and hopefully find the light at the end of a tunnel of not feeling loved by your spouse, the person that is the closest to you that you have said vows to before God. So here we go. The person that we are going to be talking about today, can you guess who I'm going to talk about? It is Leah, Jacob's wife. Um, She, it literally states um, in the Bible that she was not loved. So you may hear me turning, flipping pages. I have a physical Bible with me today. Usually I just screenshot it on my phone, but I have physical copies of my Bible and notes today. So you may hear paper flipping. You may hear, as always, um, noise for my children. Um, I'm a real mother. I live in a small home. They play, they're happy, so we're just going to roll with it and, you know, do what we do. All right, so I would like to read um, some of the story before I do my deep dive, just for context. If you've never heard of Leah or if you've forgotten the story, just to refresh our memories. Um, I am in the book of Genesis, um, and it is chapter 29. I'm going to start there, 29, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. I just want to repeat it again because that is so important to note. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved. So it tells us there, Jacob did not love her how he loved Rachel, his other wife, the one that he actually wanted to marry. And if we back up to... Um, 29 verse, which verse is it? 30, it says, and 
the his when it when I say his it's referring to Jacob and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. Okay, so moving back down to 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Then she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived for the amount of times that she conceives. It's kind of hard to believe that she's not loved. But anyway, let's move on again. She conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. That's all I'm going to read um, for context about her. Um, Now we are going to, oh, there is one more thing I wanted to read. So I am reading out of the Women's Study Bible. Yeah, NIV by uh, Thomas Nelson. It is the New International Version, the Women's Study Bible, and it says Receiving God's Truth for Balance, Hope, and Transformation. It is a bluish teal Bible with a floral print on the um, on the front cover, and the bottom cover is like a bluish teal. Um, so that's the Bible that I'm reading from and referencing. They have like little side notes and they gave a side note about Leah and I feel like um, it would be good to read this to get more background I guess or context as to the story. So it says Leah the unwanted wife. Leah is described as having delicate or weak eyes that was in Genesis 29 17 which could allude to poor eyesight or merely to a lack of sparkle. Through subterfuge Leah instead I hope I read that word right subterfuge I have no clue what that means please pardon me if I'm wrong Leah instead of the promised Rachel became the wife of Jacob although Leah may have been at least a willing participant in this deception she could have been merely an obedient daughter nevertheless she obviously loved Jacob and was devoted to him throughout their marriage Though surely Leah's soul must have shriveled to be the object of Jacob's disappointment and scorn, as well as the tool of her conniving father. Living with the constant comparison to her unusually beautiful sister, Leah was nevertheless not hidden from God's caring eyes. In his omniscience, God allowed her to conceive, even though her sister's fertility was delayed. She had the honor of mothering Jacob's oldest son, but she wrongly assumed that it would earn love from her husband. Leah faced her second childbirth realistically, but apparently deep desire gnawed at her. When a third pregnancy came, she exclaimed, now at last my husband will become attached to me, revealing an intense longing for love. 
Leah began her marriage by focusing on what she lacked and being miserable. But she changed her heart and focus to what she had and determined to praise the Lord. Not until the birth of her fourth son, Judah, did this unwanted wife learn to trust Yahweh. This time, I will praise the Lord. Tracing the messianic, uh, messianic lineage, the world rejoices with Leah as her offspring, Judah, and the priesthood through her son, Levi. Leah personified for every woman the crucial need to live primarily for God and his glory. Though she may have been unattractive in appearance, unloved, unwanted, and even despised, God saw in her an inner beauty that equipped her to carry out his plan. She could not change Jacob, but she could change herself and recognize God's hand in her life. Leah, for her part, did not let the attitudes of others distract her from the task God had given to her. That is just so good. Like, all right, I'm done with my podcast. Until next time. No, I really could be done, though, because that just literally wrapped up so much and brought so much to light. So I do want to take just a moment to reflect on what Leah did through these feelings and facts that her husband did not, you know, she wasn't equal to her sister, Rachel, her husband's other wife. It's not like he loved them equally. He had a favorite and Leah was not the favorite. She was not loved by him and Rachel was. So in these circumstances, what did Leah do? Well, I took some notes and the first thing she did were her wifely duties, clearly because she kept becoming pregnant. So she was continuing to do her wifely duties, um, you know, and whatever else that consisted of. Leah was doing the things that she was supposed to do. Um, and it doesn't say anything in the story of like her neglecting anything because she was so miserable or giving up on her life and her duties because she was so sad and heartbroken. No, she carried on. She did what she was supposed to do um, for her husband. And a part that I would like to kind of highlight in the story, we never hear of Jacob, like his disdain for her outside of like, the Bible telling us that she had weak eyes um, and just flat out stating, stating that Leah was not loved. And we don't know if it's by her sister and her husband or just her husband. Uh, that could be another context, because how would you feel if your dad married your sister off to the guy that you were in love with? You know, we don't know. But we do have a negative situation with Rachel the wife that was favored and loved, but there's never, it was not noted in this book, like these chapters, a problem between Leah and Jacob. So she did her wifely duties. We are on um, chapter 30 now and um, it's 31. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister so she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. 
Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? So we see that even when you are favored and your husband loves you and you are the twinkle in his eye, you're still going to have problems. Like they still had problems, even though she was the favorite wife. Like no one is exempt from marital disagreements and miscommunications and hurt feelings. Um, so that's reassuring too, but there was never an incident in this part of the story, in this story where Jacob and Leah had those kind of issues. So she did her wifely duties. Another thing she did, she desired love. Her heart never grew cold towards her husband. She always had that longing to be loved, to want love. And we can see that through the naming of her children. Um, so the first son, she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. Now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. And another one, she continued to have children. She had more than just those four. And um, continuing on, it says, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. Um, another one says, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband, which is kind of interesting that. Um, another one says, what good fortune. So when that was from her servant, but whenever she had sons, oh, here's another one. God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. It's like a plea of what? I feel like, oh, wait a minute. Never mind. That was Rachel's. <laughs> Rachel's son. Sorry. Okay. So, but Leah's was God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor. Like we see so many references back to a longing of her husband and trying to please her husband. So even in those feelings of feeling unloved, Leah never hardened her heart. She always had a soft spot for her husband and wanted his love and to please him and to fulfill her duties as a wife, regardless of the reciprocate, you know, him on the other end. Another thing she did was praise God. She kind of shifted the focus from her husband and only focusing on him to shifting the focus on God. When she had her fourth son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. She didn't even mention her husband that time. Her focus had shifted. Yeah, we she made it known and she let it be known that she loved her husband and she wanted his love. But with the fourth child, she had a different focus. And her focus was on praising the Lord. And that is so just awesome. 
Like, I just feel like she was a really strong woman for being in the situation. And I can see why from reading this, why God has blessed, you know, why God blessed her lineage because she's truly a good woman. So she praised God. She still kept a soft heart towards her husband and desired his love. She fulfilled her wifely duties. And the last note that I made is that she loved her children, which um, just I feel like it's another type of duty. You know, she fulfilled that duty. She loved her kids. They were considered a bless, a enormous blessing for her. Um, you know, one of her sons, she said, you know, um, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> so excuse me, please. What good fortune her children, even when they were born through her servants, through like adoption, I guess, you know, but her sons and her children for her were considered good fortune. You know, she loved her kids. And I feel like it shows the um, example in the Bible for me. I interpreted it as a way to show that she was a good mother and that she loved her children and that it was reciprocated by her sons. Um, now I, I am, excuse me. Now I am in chapter 30. And I'm going to read verse 14. Let me double check and make sure. Yep. Okay. So it says, During wheat harvest, Reuben, which is one of her sons, went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother Leah. It doesn't say anything about her requesting them or sending him out to get her. You know, it's kind of like when your kid picks a flower and brings it to you. That's how I interpret that. Her son loved his mom and he went out and found those mandrakes and brought them to her as a gift. And if you continue reading the story, Rachel actually wanted some of them. Um, she said, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah kind of snapped at her and she's like, wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? You know? Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting, but I think that's so sweet that, you know, that moment of her son bringing her a gift and that shows his love for her. And it shows that she was a good mom too. You know, you know, you're a good parent when your kids do those sweet little things for you, draw you a picture, come give you a random hug, you know, pick, you know, pick a flower for you. Those sweet things just warm your heart and let you know that you're doing something right as a mother. So I thought that was so sweet for Leah. Um, the major theme of this whole story that I noted was that God knows and God will bless our sorrow. We see the first sentence that I read in Genesis twenty nine thirty one. It says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb and blessed her with children that gave her you know, another, a different form of love. It's not going to replace a husband, but he blessed her with a being to provide some type of love for her when he's seen that she was not loved. And God is so good that he always makes a way. 
even when it's not exactly what we think or, you know, what we want. She wanted her husband to love her, but God blessed her even still, even though it wasn't what she exactly wanted. She was still blessed. Uh, So, yeah, God is amazing and he's so good. Another um, thing I would like to talk about are just some practical takeaways from this story that I got when I read it. Practical takeaway one is to put God first because throughout the story, God has, he is all of it, honestly. You know, the Lord seen that Leah was not loved, so he enabled her to conceive. She also said for Rachel, you know, even praise God through her conceiving children. She said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea. So it's not that just he picks and chooses. This shows us that God loves us all be it if we are the unloved, not so beautiful one or the beautiful, cherished one. He listens to us and cares about us all. He does not want us to like to lack. He doesn't want us to lack. And she says, God has vindicated me. So he vindicates us. Another um, sentence, it's... Um, 3017, God listened to Leah. So he hears us when we cry out to him, when we speak, you know, he is listening. He cares. Then God, this is uh, 20, 22. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. Um, God And then when she had her son, she said, God has taken away my disgrace. So it's just God is only good in this story. God, another one, 20, uh, chapter 30, verse 20. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. She considered her children gifts and she knew where those gifts came from from God and they acknowledge another takeaway is that they acknowledged God through the naming of their children and proclaiming what he has done another one uh chapter eight or verse excuse me verse 18 chapter 30 then Leah said God has rewarded me so God reward God vindicates God listens. He remembers. And that's just so good. He takes away disgrace. All of that in this little story, this little section of the story. And it just shows how amazing and good God is. And so we need to put him first for all of his goodness. Another takeaway is to continue your duties, even through the hard times of feeling unloved. Leah always did what she was supposed to do for her family and for her husband. She didn't just lay down to die because she was heartbroken. You know, and sometimes it feels like that. It's like he doesn't love. It would have been very easy 
for her to say, well, my husband doesn't love me. He has Rachel. So why do you know what am I here for? Why do I need to do anything? Why should I even try? But that's not what Leah did. And that's why she gets kudos for me, at least for being a strong woman. She is an example of what a strong woman looks like, because even in her marriage, when she knew that she was not favored by her husband, even after she sacrificed her body all those times, she kept doing her duties and doing what she was supposed to do and fulfilling her role, regardless of if her husband, you know, acknowledged her or made her, you know, leveled her up in his life and in his eyes. She always did what she was supposed to do, which that's absolutely amazing. Talk about a Proverbs 31 woman. How about Leah from Genesis? Like, that's amazing to continue your duties. Even when you know you're not loved, you don't feel it, you're not shown it. She continued to do what she was supposed to do. And the last practical takeaway is to love and enjoy your children. Every time Leah gave birth, she never was sad about it. You know, like, oh, I just, you know, I'm pregnant again by this guy that doesn't even love me. No, she's viewed her children as a gift from God and celebrated each and every pregnancy was such a gift and such a happy time and she loved her children and she was a good mother to them regardless you know she did not neglect her children or treat them differently because her husband you know she was lacking the love that she longed for and the honor that she longed from him she loved her children and it was a separate thing. Her children were considered gifts from God, not, you know, strings attached to her husband, who is, you know what I mean? Hopefully you do. (laughs) So yeah, that's all I have for you today. Oh, okay. So before I forget, because I almost wrapped this up, there's literally, I was reading this story and this is like a funny aside that I would like to throw in here, like a bonus takeaway. That's what I'll call it. A bonus takeaway from this story is these two sisters literally were treating Jacob like, <laughs> like just like a hunk of meat because they were just passing him around, like getting pregnant, get her pregnant, get me pregnant. I want to be pregnant. And then she became pregnant and it that tickled me. So I would like to read some verses, um, just pointing this out because the Bible can be funny to like, It's a sense of humor as well. It's not always like sad or, you know, educational or you can enjoy the Bible and find humor in it as well. So I would like to share that with you. So um, this is all in 29 and 30. All that I, you know, we talked about today and I read from has been Genesis 29 and 30, those two chapters. So it says, um, Okay, so Jacob made love to Rachel also. So when he married Leah, you know, they consummated the marriage. And then when he got married to, well, it says it up here, uh, chapter or verse 23. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. Excuse me. And Jacob made love to her. Okay, jumping now. So that was Leah jumping down to 30. 
Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. Okay, jumping down to 30, uh, verse 3. Then she said, and she is uh, Rachel, after they had that argument, when she said, give me children or I'll die. And then Jacob, you know, treated her and was like, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? So then right after he said that, she said, here is Bilhah, my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and I too can build a family through her. And you know what? He did it. Chapter or verse four. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. Jacob slept with her and she became pregnant and bore him a son. And then another one, uh, verse seven, Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Um, and then we're dropping down to 15. Whenever Leah's son Reuben brought her the mandrakes, but uh, chapter or verse 15, but she said to her, so Leah is saying to Rachel, wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. I just think that's so funny. Like they're trading, you know, Rachel traded off her husband. Like you can have him, just give me what I want and you can sleep with him. So when Jacob came in, this is uh, verse 16. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me. She said, I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. I'm just like, what in the world? That literally tickled me so much. I'm like, goodness gracious, like they're just passing him along. And Leah, actually, I'm pretty sure, did she give him to her maid too? I'm pretty sure Leah gave Jacob her servant too. Maybe she didn't, but I thought she did. I thought she did, but maybe she didn't. Maybe it was just Rachel. I don't know. But they were just like passing him around and he was getting everybody pregnant and sleeping with everybody. Like, I wonder if he just, if he felt like a piece of meat sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't know. And it killed me how Rachel was like, fine. If you give me some of your mandrakes, he can stay with you tonight. Like, I just think that's so funny. I don't know. What a hoot. But I hope you all enjoyed this podcast um, and I hope that it offered something for you, a sense of encouragement or just, oh, hey, I found it. Yes. So Leah's servant Zilpa did uh, have a kid, have children with Jacob too. It's in Genesis thirty twelve. Leah's servant Zilpa bore Jacob a second son. Goodness gracious. I'm telling you, when Leah saw this is nine. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her servant Zilpa and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant Zilpa bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, what good fortune. Leah's servant Zilpa bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, how happy I am. The women will call me happy. So these two sisters literally did not care if they were the ones having the babies, if their servants were the ones having the babies, like they just, they were happy to just have babies, <laughs> which is true. Children are a gift from above, but they were just passing that, 
poor man around. I don't know if I should call him a poor man because he was, I guess, doing what they wanted him to do. I don't know. But I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to the next one in January. I am. My goal is to do two podcast episodes a month. So this is the first one down. Happy January. Happy New Year. Um, Yeah. Bye.